Hello and welcome to A Bit Above Podcast. I'm Audra. And I'm Hadassah. And we are two average women living oceans apart. Our show displays a reachable lifestyle where we work to be better versions of ourselves in our day-to-day life. We know that the constant strive for perfection can lead to anxieties and disappointment, so we make changes that enhance our lives without giving up the things we love. Join us each week as we chat about motherhood, positivity, feel-good stories, relationships, and everything in between. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of A Bit Above Podcast. We want to thank everybody who has been listening to us and welcome everybody who is new to our show. Today, we have a really amazing guest. Her name is Amy Brown. That is very possibly a very familiar name to you if you listen to The Bobby Bones Show. But if this is someone you have not heard of yet, I guess let's quickly introduce her. I feel like being a radio personality, she has given us a lot of information on her and her background. Besides being an amazing person, a part of the Bobby Bones show, she also, you know, has adopted two kids from Haiti, has a dog, and now has a cat and is contemplating, I believe, still in the stage of contemplating, a bird. Also, she has her own podcast and a podcast network. Her podcast is called Four Things with Amy Brown, and her podcast network is called the Amy Brown Podcast Network. And so she's basically somebody that we've gotten the pleasure to hear and listen to her voice and listen to her stories for quite for years already. So we're just so grateful that she made the time to come to speak to us. But before we start, real quick, for anyone that's new and that's listening to this episode, because maybe you heard it through Amy or you follow the show or her show. And so we love to hear stories from people who have unique things in their lives or just relatable events or situations that you want to share on a podcast that maybe other people can relate to or they might find it to be very unique and awesome. So we want to hear from you. We want as many people to come on and share their story here with us so you don't have to have ever been on a podcast to want to reach out to us. Maybe we could work something out. So we'll give out all the information at the end. Let's not wait any longer. Let's introduce Amy Brown to the podcast. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. Just adjusting to, we got a cat and there's the dog and everyone's going crazy. I was listening to your last episode of the fifth thing for your four things podcast. And you were mentioning about your difficulties with getting your cats and dogs together to be friends. And If I know anyone in the world who sends me pictures of their cats and dogs cuddling, it's Audra. You said you wanted a tip. So Audra, do you have a tip? Well, absolutely. I mean, you got to know your dog's personality. And I know you've had your dog for a little bit now. So if Cara has a welcoming personality, what I do is I have a little pit mix dog and she's 12 this year. And we have a new kitten right now. He's five months old. We have another one that just turned one years old. Anytime we bring in a kitten, I literally and physically lay the kitten down next to the dog while the dog is laying. And my dog just looks at it like, hmm, another one? Great. And then she just looks it over and they do the whole sniff thing of each other. And then the dog could care less about the kitten. Now the kitten walks all over the dog while the dog's sleeping. The dog has no care in the world. But I definitely put them immediately when they come into the house, I immediately put the kitten with the dog to see how that goes. Now we have another cat who's nine and she doesn't like anyone. It takes her about a solid two weeks to warm up to them. So they figure out their own little system between the cats. But between the dog and the cat, for me, I'm able to pair them right together and They pretty much, it's almost like telling the dog, hey, this one is a part of the family, get used to this scent, and then 
the dog just goes with it. Yeah, I think my dog currently thinks it's a rabbit, so it wants to like eat it, but we'll see. We're not there yet. Yeah, she could be just chasing around because it's something that's mobile. And well, then the cat is like freaking out. So they find their own ways to communicate. Ours did a little hissing and whatnot at first, too, but I think they just find their own groove. I was thinking about what we want to play before. We'd love to do like a little game. Mount Rushmore, that's a a segment that they do on the show. And I've seen it done in other places. People love that idea. So we decided we want to hear your Mount Rushmore of inspiring women. And I know you got some. Okay, yes. I think it's hard to narrow it down to just four. But I mean, I'm sure there's other women, yes, that I could swap out easily with these. But the first that come to mind for sure. And if you listen to my fifth thing, I was already practicing and getting ready for what I was going to tell y'all. But it's Robin Roberts, for sure. I'm obsessed with her. Most people know that. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, Katie Couric, and Brene Brown. So those are my women. I'm not surprised with the Robin Roberts just listening to your podcast. But um, for those real quick who don't know what we're saying when we say Mount Rushmore, I should have said this before, but Mount Rushmore is obviously, you know, the hill with all the presidents, the four of them. And so to play the Mount Rushmore game is to pick the four people in whatever category you're talking about. And those are your people you would put on it. Yeah. I mean, the game can be played like your Mount Rushmore of songs or your Mount Rushmore of foods, or it really can be anything. But I love that you chose to highlight the women that I admire. I'm here for that for sure. It's really fitting because I've listened to your podcast of four things besides for hearing you on the Bobby Bone show. You started three years ago, 2018. Am I doing the math correct? With the podcast? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just going to a new phase in my life, moving here to Israel and around the same time. And I've I've listened since the first episode and you've always talked about women that have inspired you. And I love that. Like, that's such a powerful topic. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think that especially the women that I named, I guess the one that I just assume she's the sweetest person in the world is Reese Witherspoon. I also just love her movies, but she's a big reader. She's uh, philanthropic. But some people might be like, wait, Reese Witherspoon, what? But there's different reasons for each woman and why I chose them. And so I feel like we can be inspired. I feel like also too, again, I'm just seeing her on Instagram, but I feel like she's a super great mom and she's a fun mom. And I know a lot of us want to be fun moms, but I saw a reel on Instagram the other day that was a reminder to us moms that it's okay if we're we're not the fun mom because that's not technically our job. We all want to be put into that fun mom category and for our kids to really like us. But sometimes we have to be the boundary setters, the the rule makers, the rule enforcers. And then we become like not fun at all. But that's okay. We're trying to raise little humans up to be functioning adults and good members of society. So at times we're not the fun mom and that's okay. My children are older, Amy, now. And so I can be more of the fun mom, but fun mom also wants, even though my oldest is 22 and still lives at home, fun mom still wants to know where you're at. So they are more than willing to give me their Snapchat location. So at any moment, I can see where they are, but they tell me when they're working and what time approximately they'll come home. And if they're like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with friends or whatever, they still tell me. So they're very mindful of keeping me in the loop because gosh forbid something happens, you know, when I want to know, hey, you didn't come home by like one one thirty in the morning. 
you know, was everything all right? And I'll shoot them a text and they'll text back, hey, everything's good, Ma. I'll be home in like 20. I'm like, cool. You know, so you get to be fun mom again. But there was definitely the years, probably age 13 to 18, not so fun mom, uh, dropping them off at the back door, 15 feet from the door to make sure they got into school and nowhere else. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's different phases in life for sure and different hats that we have to put on. And gosh, I mean, I'm just glad my mom didn't have Snapchat location on me. Of course, when I was in high school, we didn't have any, there was no way for my mom to track me. I said I was somewhere and I probably wasn't and there was no way she was going to know. So I remember one time though, my dad, I didn't live with my dad. I lived with my mom, uh, but my dad was way more lenient. I had no rules with him. And of course, at the time, I thought that was super cool. But then as adult, I was like, wait, hold up. What the heck? Dad, did you not love me? And I know that he did. And he was just doing the best that he could. But, you know, he had left our home when I was eight-ish, nine-ish years old. And so I think, too, he, and he, I had a stepmom that was really younger, like a lot younger than my dad and more lenient and cool. Like my dad allowed me to have parties and he allowed drinking. And he, I mean, my mom, there's no way that was going down. And it, it just was two different parenting styles, right? But now that I'm an adult, I look back and I am so grateful for my mom's parenting style. At the time, I was probably annoyed by it, but really deep down, I felt more safe with her. And yeah, I do question what in the world my dad was thinking. And I think that there can be a happy medium with some of those things. Like, you know, I get it. It's up to the parents what they want to allow at their house with the group of friends if they want to come over and keeping kids safe and whatnot. But, you know, I think, you know, my mom, there was a time where I was having a party at my dad's house. And this actually doesn't have to do with me, but a friend. But my friend said, oh, I'm spending the night at Amy's. But she kind of led her mom to believe that she was spending the night at my mom's house because we were having a party at my dad's house. Well, then something came up with that girl's family and the mom needed to get a hold of her. And of course, we didn't have cell phones at the time. So the mom called my mom's house and said, hey, is da 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 there? And she's like, no, she's not here tonight. And she's like, well, where is she? And so then my mom put two and two together. Oh, the girls are cooking up something. And we were, we were having a party at my dad's house. And my mom showed up at the house, like a boys, girls party full. And my dad was out of town. It was a whole thing. And so even without a tracker, my mom tracked me down and I got in trouble for having a party at my dad's house. <laughs> Well, at least she built some amazing memories because the other things she looked back, you're like, hey. Oh, yeah. No, I could share many more memories from my dad's house where like one time my friend Scott got arrested. It was not, I like, I don't know. I felt like, I feel like I had this double high school life, like what my mom got and then like the version my dad got. But really the version my dad was getting, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't breaking any rules because I didn't have any, if that makes sense. But deep down, I knew I was breaking my mom's rules and I should have honored her for that. <laughs> I did tell Hadassah because Hadassah has a little one. She's going to be one years old soon. And I told her, I says, you be careful because right around like age four or five, like they're really, really smart. And we had the situation where the oldest one would ask mom something and I would say no. And she would turn around and ask her father and he would say yes. And I'm like, what are you doing? I just told her no. And he's like, so I said, okay, we're going to get on the same page. 
So then the keywords were, well, what did your mom say? Or if I got asked, well, what did your father say? And then there was no more getting away with stuff. But at a very early age, they try. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, they'll continue to try. I have a 14-year-old that still is kind of like, uh, you know, is very smart and knows how to work things into her favor for her. And I don't falter for it. I'm actually, some of the stuff she comes up with, I'm like, wow, okay, this is genius. I mean, it's not going to work but actually pretty clever. <laughs> I'm right now wearing my Pimp and Joy shirt. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you have the purple long sleeve. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. it made it to Israel. I might be the only one here wearing it, but it, the message is so important. It's a, it's a huge part of our life. And not everybody that listens to this show actually listens to the Bobby Bone Show. So can you just give a real quick definition of what Pimp and Joy means? Well, I'll also say not everybody that listens to the Bobby Bone Show knows what it means. It's been a while since we really got into the roots of it, which I understand. I mean, things like it takes a second to explain and I will try to condense it. But long story short-ish is back in 2012, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and we were pretty open with her journey on the show we're pretty transparent with a lot that's going on in our lives. I will say sometimes there's stuff that happens in our lives that we don't really talk about. And I guess because social media and different things and stuff that comes out, it's like, this is me taking liberty to take a side note here to talk about some messages I got recently about things that have been going on in my life. And I'll just say like, it's been no secret probably for about nine months or maybe even longer. Like there's just been a lot of different things. I guess the one public thing would be that my dad passed away, but there's other stuff that's going on that's like super personal. And I appreciate the concern, right? Like that's not lost on me that we have such a connection with people where they truly do care. But then I'll get certain DMs that are like, hey, you always tell us everything that's going on in your life. So I don't know why this is any different. Or, you know, you've always been able to use your story for good. So if you go ahead and share with us now, you might be able to help somebody. Or we're trying to pray for you. So if you let us know more info, we can know how to better pray for your situation. Or this is like, I'm literally giving you things. Like I'm just rattling off things that have come to my head that I've read from people. Or like, you know, I know that you're being tested right now, but maybe if you share some of your test, it's like your testimony. And I'm like, okay, stop with the um, prayer gossip chain, (laughs) you know, which I think sometimes, you know, I'm a Christian and I have been, you know, in certain environments where sometimes I feel like people have used you know, prayer request time to pray for other people to share what's going on in their lives is a way of gossiping. So just throwing that out there to be mindful of that if you ever catch yourself doing it. And I do feel like it's interesting to know certain details. And I do think people really do care, but I felt like they were trying to trick me with their language into telling more. And I'm like, no, if I'm ever ready to share something, I will share it with you. Now, my mom was 100% on board with us being as open as possible. And of course, early on, we didn't know what we were going to be dealing with. But as her journey continued, she wanted it to be used for good. And here I was with this platform to try to show how she was handling it. And she was very clear, like where the joy was coming from. And she wanted people to know, like the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that was where she was gaining it from. And 
I don't want people to think that every day she was just choose Joy Judy all the time. Like there was really hard days where we all had moments where things were rough. But the overall theme and the mantra was choose joy. So much so that my sister and I got joy tattoos on our wrist in her handwriting. And I'm so thankful I have that now. We got it while she was alive. And then now that she's passed, I'm like, it's just something special for me to have. And so I would recommend to anybody else listening too, like if you have a parent or a loved one and you maybe want something in the future, just go ahead and have them write it down. And then you'll always have it in their signature. And if you choose to put it on your body somewhere as a tattoo, then that might be cool. Or you could make it into another piece of artwork that's not on your body. (laughs) Um, Just an idea. But so joy was a theme, right? And so a lot of listeners were following along on her journey and Twitter was really big at the time. Instagram, not so much, but everyone was tweeting all the time, giving their 140 character updates. And I was like, mom, you need to get a Twitter. So we were at MD Anderson. I'll never forget it. We're sitting in the waiting room going in to get another appointment. We would spend days, hours at the hospital. And so I'm like, okay, Judy chooses Joy, taken, the handles. Joyful Judy, taken. Judy, Judy, Joy, Joy, taken. Like everything was taken. And so I jokingly typed in Judy be pimping Joy. And I think pimping came about because it's like representing. And I know that there's it's not lost on me. There is 100% a negative connotation with pimping. And we've even, my mom was even hesitant about it. She felt weird at times with it. For me, I thought, well, it's edgy. There's a show on MTV called Pimp My Ride. Like there's other big organizations that are using that word to spread some, like showcase something. So I'm like, well, maybe we can take something negative and make it positive. But you know, I have friends that cannot wear Pimp and Joy and they will not because they work with human traffic women and children. Uh, they just work for organizations where it's not appropriate for them to have that. And I totally respect that. Pimp and Joy has even donated to certain groups that work with human trafficking in Austin. And we even donated and kept it very on the down low. Like, of course, they were thankful for the money, um, but they're like, hey, we can't really be associated. And we respected that. We understand. But it, we felt it was important to also give to causes. And that's a place in Austin that was close to my mom and my sister. So we made the donation. Anyway, I know I'm like taking little rabbit trails here or there, but these are details we don't normally get to go over. And so then... I, so I typed in Judy B. Pimp and Joy, shocker, that handle was available and that became her Twitter. And she started tweeting updates from the hospital from her iPad. She had wanted an iPad to like keep her busy and play Sudoku and different things. And Bobby actually gifted her an iPad, which I thought was super sweet. You know, one day I think I mentioned on air, she wanted to get an iPad. And then like the next day, he's like, here's an iPad for your mom. So then that began Twitter. Then we're, we're at work. And Bobby's like, hey, I have an idea because people are wanting to do Pimp and Joy themselves. So how about if we have a hashtag, hashtag Pimp and Joy, so that way people can put it on Twitter when they're choosing joy for themselves or they're spreading joy to someone else, they can put the hashtag and that way we'll see it. So that's where the hashtag was born. We had never had any thoughts of having any type of clothing attached to it or I mean the hat was the first thing that we did but that became because we became friends with Mary and she had this idea the shot forward wasn't even born yet but she had it in her head 
and I, that's Mary's baby. And she's like, you know, I've been thinking about marrying two things that I love, which is apparel and fashion and design and philanthropy. So I have this idea for the shop forward in my head and maybe Pimp and Joy could be my first partnership. So that's how the hat came about. And then from there, the shirt, like the hats went up and they sold out within like 60 seconds, which was amazing. But um, yeah, that's, I told you it wasn't going to be a short, short story, but that's sort of the roots in it. Listen, my favorite part of it is when my mom was, the cancer came back multiple times. And I think it was the third diagnosis. We were at MD Anderson when we found out and we went down to the chapel and her prayer was like the most selfless prayer I've ever heard. It was not Lord heal me or anything. It was Lord, just use this cancer for good. And for me and my family, it's like, whoa, Pimp and Joy is a way that her cancer is now being used for good because with, you know, the Bobby Bone Show listeners and our partnership with the Shop Forward and all the merch, um, I don't know, like calling it merch, but the whole Pimp and Joy line and everything we've got out there in the world and the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that now rep Pimp and Joy, we've been able to donate over $2 million to various causes. And that would blow my mom's mind. And so for me, every time I see a Pimp and Joy hat or shirt or beanie or coffee mug or whatever, uh, I think that's like an answer to my mom's prayer. And 100% of the proceeds always go to whatever cause we're supporting at the time. And we've gotten to work with so many different amazing organizations and the B team has rallied behind it. And that's Pimp and Joy in a nutshell. It's choose joy for yourself, spread joy to others. But also my mom would want you to know too, like recognize all that you're feeling every day. Some days she felt like total crap and she maybe wasn't good at choosing joy for herself. But if she was on the elevator at MD Anderson and she saw another patient walk on who was totally alone which a lot of, I, my mom always had someone with her, whether it was my sister, me, our best friend, my dad would even go, even though they were divorced. Like she, a best friend, like she always had someone with her at her appointments. She was never alone. And I would see people in waiting rooms and going through like the hardest thing of it they've ever had to go to in their life. And they were sitting alone because, you know, for whatever reason, you never know why they're alone, but it sucked. Like I hated seeing that, but my mom would always make a point to talk to them. And, you know, make sure they felt seen and she would compliment their wig or their shirt or their bag or tell them they looked beautiful. And so that was her way of, even though maybe it was a rough day for her, she would spread joy to someone else. So it's not a toxic positivity thing. I know that that's like a buzzword right now. I don't even know if that's what we'll call it. Like it's just a toxic positivity is definitely a conversation that's happening right now because I do think that it's valid to be discussing it. It's like, because we can't just walk around all day being like, choose joy, it's fine. Ignore everything you're feeling, choose joy, whoop, yeah, no. Like we can't do that. And so I'm glad that that has come to light. You've been a really big voice in trying to allow people to see both sides. You know, I think we all thought like, just be happy, just work out every day from six in the morning till this time. And if you do everything a certain way, this is the best life. But over the past few years, I've gotten a little education from your podcast, from other podcasts about maybe not always being so happy if you're feeling a certain way, like actually feel that way and then continue to do what your body is telling you you need to do. Yeah, I think that there's no recipe and everyone's going through different things any given day. You know, I was in therapy yesterday. We were talking about the you know, one day at a time. 
and how sometimes I get lost on that. But that's really how I've been having to live lately is one day at a time. But my therapist yesterday even wanted me to back up and maybe at some moments I need to live one minute at a time. And she gave me this great analogy. I'm sure a lot of you have heard it before, but it's like when a sailboat or a ship, or I I can't remember exactly what she said, and I'm not a sailor. (laughs) I don't really know how boats work. But like if you're wanting to turn and take a turn, you start to turn like two inches at a time. And then eventually you make that turn to get to where you're going. It's just that patience of like, it's okay. It's like, you know where you want to go, or maybe you don't even know yet, but you're going to take the next right step to get there. And that can just be done one day at a time, or maybe even just one minute at a time. And I don't know, that was powerful for me to, to picture in my head. And so maybe somebody else needs to hear that today of like, just picture the sail and like taking that like one to two inch turn in that direction And then eventually you'll get there, but you have to be patient. I can totally see that. I think because I'm older, but I think when I was in the 20s, I was like, I know what I want to do with life. This is what I'm going to go and do. And you go through life, have some kids. Then you get in your 30s. You're like, I'm still figuring this stuff out. I don't know how I survived the 20s. Then you hit 40 and you're like, right. And this is where I can totally relate, taking one day at a time. I mean, right now, I am literally taking one hour at a time. Is that where I am right now? But I'm okay with that. And I just extend a lot of grace to myself. And I think it's just a lot of positivity that I hear and know that it's okay. And so I'm okay with it. Where before, I mean, a couple of years ago, I would be in a panic. And, you know, my significant other would look at me and he'd go, are you okay? And I'm like, I know I was just totally doing something or I meant to do something, but I forgot completely what I was doing, whether it was a train of thought or literally going to the store, whatever it was. And he'd reel me back in and be like, okay, we'll just take a hot minute and it'll come back to you. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, you give yourself a few minutes and you're like, okay, now I can refocus and move on and get whatever it is accomplished. Hopefully it pops back in your head if you forget it. Yeah. And I think that in those few minutes, you can take time to breathe deep. Uh, And then also my therapist was telling me yesterday too, like in those moments, those one minute at a time, those one hour at a time, or those moments like you were saying where your husband's like, what's going on? You can like look down and be like, okay, where are my feet? Okay, my feet are right here. And then you can look up and be like, okay. And there is that picture on the wall. Like you can just take in exactly where you are in that moment and just calm yourself and then proceed. And then, you know, my friend Lisa was even talking about the other day that sometimes it's like, you know, you were talking about what was I supposed to do next? Was I supposed to go to the store? Was I to... But if you're having one of those days or those moments, it's like, look at your to-do list and what are you making so urgent that actually isn't urgent and you can completely remove it and give yourself that grace, that time to, again, gather your thoughts, regroup. Because that's more important. It's when we like keep going and going and going and stuff down and stuff down and stuff down that everything was just going to implode eventually. <laughs> so been there. I'll been give there. you the silliest example. Over the weekend, I was like, I went to the store. They didn't have any chicken. I needed chicken for a recipe this week for a meal. And I was losing my mind thinking every day I have to go to the store to get chicken and chicken and chicken. I still haven't made the recipe that needs the chicken yet. So why am I rushing to go to the store? I don't even need it yet. Why don't I just wait to the day I decide to make the recipe 
And I'll go find chicken. Like, I don't need to, like, every day have it on my list to run to the store to buy this item that I'm not even using yet. And right. so that's where I had to reel it in just this week. <laughs> but then that makes me wonder, too, like, is it even really about the chicken? <laughs> so sometimes we make these, like, it's like you can do a little work and dig a little deeper and be like, why am I obsessed with this chicken? What am I distracting myself, using the chicken to distract myself from or something? I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to dig for something, but that's how it works for me sometimes when I'm obsessed with something for a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm using this as a complete distraction from X, Y, and Z. You really nailed it, the nail on the head, because literally it didn't have much to do with the chicken. In my mind, it was I had to make a meal for my family and I started another new job function on top of everything else that I do. And so all I thought all week is how am I going to squeeze in the time? I don't have enough time in the day to provide a meal for my family. And for my significant other was just like, it's okay. You know, he's just looking at it, the, the face value of it's chicken. It's a meal. We'll just swap out the meals and you don't have to worry about it. And he's like, we'll just order takeout if it comes down to it. So, you know, there was a remedy, but in my mind, so much more was happening than just buying the chicken. It was like, I can't provide dinner for everybody. And you know, it's going to throw my whole week off, but it, it didn't. And we're fine. We still haven't had the meal, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, you're totally fine. I heard Brene Brown talking once about, you know, different times or things that go on in life, even every day could look a little bit different and how her and her husband marriage is 50-50 in a lot of people's minds. Well, not in her household. It's more like, okay, where are you today and what do you have to give? Because maybe she had a really long day at work and then had to go do, like had a sick family member and had to go take care of them and then got home late and really just felt completely depleted and got home and, you know, may say to her husband, hey, I've got about 10% left in me. Well, so then hopefully if her husband, if he's having a great day, he might be like, okay, you know what? I got you. I can cover that other 90%. Like I'll take the kids to do this. I'll get that. I got dinner. But there might be a day too where he's like, oh, well, shoot, I had a horrible day. I got about 10%. And she's like, that's when we clear the calendar. She's like, who do we need to take off the calendar that we want to hang out with? But maybe, you know, who cares? It's just not really the right time. Let's throw all of the fresh vegetables in the fridge into the freezer, save for another time. We order takeout. We make life as easy as possible to help get through the next few days or whatever that might look like. And so I thought that was very powerful when I heard that because then sometimes we are, we're like, oh, but I just bought all of these fresh vegetables and they're going to go bad. So now I need to cook dinner. And it's like, okay, but do you? And I get that not everybody has the luxury of just like throwing everything into the freezer and then ordering takeout. But there might be, a, if you've got a good friend network, can you call in the troops? Can you call in support? Can you prep for these days and maybe have a frozen lasagna in the freezer for those tough days where you just need to throw it in the oven and not even think about it, you know? So I, I thought that that was powerful. And I know we kind of derailed from the pimp and joy. And I think that when we were talking pre-gaming before we even recorded, I know that y'all wanted me to give an example about you know, someone on the show or a listener, you know, showing off Pimp and Joy. And I was really excited to share something because it's the OG story. It's the first listener story ever that we heard about on air that moved me to tears. And I know that there's a lot of listeners that have spread joy in so many different ways. And But the thing is, I don't even know who this person is and I don't think that we'll ever know. But a woman called into the Bobby Bone Show. She didn't even listen to the show. And she said, hey, 
I, this is my first day listening to y'all because I was at the tire shop yesterday and I thought I was just going to, I don't know, the story's so old. I'm just kind of going to give you a paraphrase version and hope that I give it correctly. But she ultimately found out in the line at the tire store that she was going to have to replace all four tires and she could not afford to do, everybody knows like four tires at once. That's extremely expensive and she wasn't going to be able to do it. And the guy behind her in line listened to the Bobby Bone Show and knew that it, we did this thing called Joy Week. And he knew we were challenging listeners to just, you know, spread joy all week long and to share it with us with the hashtag Pimp and Joy. I don't know that he ever shared it, but he went up and said, excuse me. And in the line, he said, I'm going to get all four of her tires. I get goosebumps even when I talk about it. And Pimp and Joy, by the way, isn't about spending a bunch of money to buy someone something. It can be a gesture that literally costs no money. This is just an example that happens to be really expensive. But for, I think she was a single mom. And for her in that moment to have a stranger step up and say, hey, you know what? I got all four of your tires. Please don't argue with me about this. And I'm sure that was hard for her to accept. And she didn't want to, but he said, no, 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 no. I listened to the Bobby Bone Show and it's Joy Week. And we're supposed to spread joy. And I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this for you. So it was like no accident that he was the one in line behind her. And he had that opportunity. And I don't know if it wasn't Joy Week and there wasn't Pimp and Joy. I don't know that maybe he would have. But the Pimp and Joy gave him that extra nudge of like, oh, shoot, it's Joy Week. I better do this. And he bought her four of those tires. So she called into the show the next day. Again, only had listened, didn't even know who the heck we were, but she wanted to call in and say thank you because some stranger bought her tires because of it. And that was just the coolest Pimp and Joy story from a listener ever. I really hope this video is on YouTube or something. It might be too far back. I don't think it is. Like, I don't know. It may be on a podcast somewhere. But I don't know that we even were videoing stuff every day back then. It was 2014 when that happened. My mom was still alive when that call came in. So she got to hear that. And for me, that was really cool because the hats and the clothing line, all of that started after she passed away. So she has no idea all the good that's been done with that. And even how listeners are connected, you know, we had a listeners run into each other at Buckingham Palace wearing stuff. And they're like, wait, what? You're a, you must be, it's like an instant giveaway that they're a Bobby Bone Show listener. Or I've been walking through like the Chicago airport and I see someone in Pimp and Joy and I run up to them and I'm like, hey, and I'm just hoping that it wasn't a gift. Someone was wearing a Bornier hat at the mall, which is something we make under our Espoir line that supports Haiti. And I walked by and it was a guy and I was like, love your hat. And normally they will recognize or something. And they're like, oh my gosh, love the show. And he was like, uh, thank you. Like he had no clue. So it must've been a gift. So that was awkward. But you know, there's been moments like that, but it's a way that's bonded people and connected people. One time I saw a guy in a red, white, and blue pimp and joy hat in Austin. And I was walking along and I was so focused on him and so excited that I was looking at him and I walked straight into a tree. Mary was with me and we were hoping that Austin, like the downtown street cam footage somewhere would have that on video, but we couldn't track it down. But that was probably my, my most embarrassing Pimp and Joy spotting because again, yeah, we just get so excited because it's so cool for us. I like that it was embarrassing, but yet you still check to see if there was video somewhere. Oh, 100%. <laughs>
a couple of the B teamers were on a page and they were doing the same thing. They were pimping joy. And two fellow B teamers helped with the funds for me to get my first item from the shop forward. And I am forever thankful. You know, we all just try to pay it forward when we can. It's a great line. Like, I absolutely love all of this stuff. Oh, yay. I'm so glad. I do want to add, Amy, that you were saying about how the whole pimp enjoy and you've seen a lot. And I'm sure what we see in the B team group, we don't see nearly enough of what pimp enjoy has done. And you were also saying how much everybody cares. And I hope you know how much we feel connected to the pimp enjoy because we sift through the comments, make sure everything's, you know, set in order. And it's how people cope. It's how people interact with each other. It's how people make friendships, how they treat their families. It's a whole lifestyle. So you were mentioning earlier about how some people feel like they're required to have certain information about your private lives. And I know that, you know, you're just one of a lot of people who have a voice and try to be open and vulnerable. And then people think that's just the normal status quo. Everybody needs to share everything. And I just want to say like how much you being vulnerable has made us feel connected to you, but you always should feel like what you share is little parts of what can help other people, but anything that you don't want to share like it's so sad that people feel is something that they were meant to know you know what I mean and so it breaks my heart to think that you have to deal with that because like you don't owe it to anyone and the people who are listeners of the show fans of your podcast you know the ones who don't want to invade your privacy they feel this bond with you and that connection and I think that a lot of them would say that you are an inspirational woman you know, bring back to the beginning of the podcast, like for them, because you're open and honest, but you don't have to share everything in order for us to feel connected, you know? Oh, well, thank you for saying that. I think, you know, you can't help but second guess everything that you've put out there and been like, oh, have I shared too much? Or I shouldn't have done that. Or I shouldn't have done this because now I'm expected to do this. But it's okay to have boundaries. And it's my decision. And and I just have to stand firm in that and not worry about it. But thank you for saying that. It means a lot to us, for real, the work that you put in to just help us listen to other people. You bring guests on the podcast. You're opening up, at least I can speak for myself, but Audra's nodding her head. Like we get exposed to other women or other, you know, not just women. I just got on the theme of inspirational women from before. But I mean, I've learned a lot and I do want to ask, I know we're running out of time a bit. And so speaking of Pimp and Joy and everything like that, you've shared a lot and we get to see that times have been tough over the years, but what are some ways that you turn your lemons into lemonade? Because if anyone does it well, we know you do. So, and well, doesn't mean perfect. Yeah. You know, the making lemons into lemonade thing is it's, it has to be carefully made, right? Because we don't want to ignore the lemons. And I feel like there was a certain time in my life where I, I would try to do that, but now I'm into feeling all the feelings. My friend Kat Defada, she's a licensed therapist. She's under my podcast network and she has a podcast called You Need Therapy. And her, she literally has like coffee mugs and shirts and buttons and all the things that say, feel your feelings. And we have so many feelings all the time, but even depending on how you were raised, you may have been conditioned to only be allowed to show or feel certain feelings and then as adults, maybe you realize and learn like, oh, shoot, like I have, <laughs> I have all these other feelings and I don't know what to do with them because I wasn't allowed to have these as a child, right? Or I was told by society to 
do this with my feelings. And now I'm just, I'm so glad that it is such a conversation and it's such a big topic and mental health is so important. And while I do think that you can make the lemonade, you need to maybe spend some time with the lemons. When my mom was going through her cancer journey, I remember getting her a card kind of related to this. And on the front, it said, when life gives you lemons and then you open it up and it had a woman and she had stuck the lemons under her shirt and made like big old lemon boobies. <laughs> and I thought that that was so funny because it was like, you know, that's a way of, you know, making the lemonade, but <laughs> not that you need big boobs, but obviously the card was funny. And I just think that you can do whatever you want with the lemons, right? Ultimately, what we want to do is to grow from the lemons and like be better because of the lemons. And now I'm thinking about how the chest grew, like, you know, figuratively, like not grow your boobs, but like you want to use that experience and it not be, you know, lost. For me, I've gone through several different types of grief and people are grieving all over and we can grieve small things, big things, whatever, we're all still grieving. And especially the grief that I experienced with my mom, I think she was my first big, super duper real big grief as an adult that I was having to process. There's big T's and little T's, like little trauma, big trauma. And I definitely had big trauma as a child going through divorce with parents, but I don't think I really knew what to do with that. But as an adult, I can see where there was lemons, but like, Lemonade was eventually made, right? But I don't know that I dealt with all the feelings properly. And then when my mom died, I definitely didn't know how to deal with it. And I didn't get as into therapy as I should have. And I think I did try to just make the freaking lemonade too fast. And Pimp and Joy helped us do that, right? And now I can see the good in it. But then when my dad died, I knew I wanted to handle grieving him differently. I knew that it was important to grieve properly especially because his death came at a time where I already had too much going on, where it was like, I couldn't even believe it, cherry on top. I remember sitting in my room and I was on Zoom with my therapist and I was like, I don't know, I just can't. Like, I just need to go away somewhere. Like, I have to go, I have to go away. I can't live this life. Like, there were times where I was just be in my car and some people might be able to relate to this and I just wanted to like keep driving and I did not want to come back. And I don't know that people would know that about me. They might think like, oh, you know, she's got this fun job on the radio and she's got this two beautiful adopted children from Haiti and they have this, you know, they have this great life. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like the Instagram version of things, right? And I would think like people might think that I'm crazy, that I've literally thought about just getting on Highway 65 and driving south and not ever returning. Obviously, I wasn't to that point point to actually like really do it, but I was getting close. And thankfully, and it's not lost on me that not everybody has the resources to do this, but I did have the time off. I had bereavement from work that I was able to take. I had some vacation days I was able to take. And then I had the resources to go to Virginia for three days and work on all these lemons, right? I had sour lemons and I don't know where the lemonade is yet. Like I'm working on making the lemonade, if you will, but that's okay. 
And that circles back to that one day at a time thing or that one minute at a time thing is I know that I laid the groundwork to make some really good lemonade, but I'm just not there yet. And I think that that's what we need to do. And that's where you can't just like be like, oh, well, life gave me lemons. Time to make some lemonade. I think what I have learned and matured into is that, yes, life sucks at times, but it's like, what are we going to do with it? And I think sitting with it, really acknowledging it, when you stuff it away, you give it too much power. And so you almost have to like name what's going on and really go after it. And I pray that people have the resources to do that. And I know that not everybody does, but there's so much out there in the world now that's like at our fingertips with various podcasts and books. And that's a start. That's a place to start that isn't a therapy intensive like I went away to do. But if you do have the opportunity to go do that, there's so much healing that can come from really digging deep and doing things like brain spotting and a bunch of stuff that is very new to me that I had never really even heard of until the last couple of years. But nor had I done brain, I mean, I'd heard brain spotting because people were talking about it, but I had not personally done it myself until this year. And it was very enlightening. And I learned so much. And I think that, yeah, I'm not trying to find the positivity. I'm trying to keep an overall outlook of like, I do have certain things to be thankful for. That is for sure. I am extremely blessed. But that doesn't cover up. But that's not a Band-Aid for like the really crappy stuff. And I had Megan Devine on my Four Things podcast, I think last, well, I don't know when this is airing for y'all, but she's a recent episode of, she's a grief expert. I asked her to share four things she's thankful for because we have a Four Things Gratitude Journal. So I often have guests at the end of the interview share four things they're thankful for. And I love that she said she doesn't want gratitude to help get rid of grief. She wants it to be a companion to grief. And it's a great tool and it can come alongside your grief. And you're never going to stop grieving. There's going to be different levels that you're at. But I also just want to remind people when they're going through something hard, that's okay to be in that. You don't have to run from it and you don't have to fix it right away. And you don't have to cover it up. You don't have to heal from it this moment. Like you have that permission to be in that. But then if you don't want to stay stuck there, then you're going to have to put in the work too. And I just loved that she said it's a companion. So for me, some of the positivity or the gratitude or the different things that I do to help reset, they're a companion to whatever I'm going through. And I'm trying to work really hard at feeling all my feelings. But ultimately, after the last year or so, I hope that at the end of this, I've got some pretty damn good lemonade, (laughs) you know? Like that's, that's the goal. The whole concept of having that lemonade recipe that we don't believe in perfection. And that's why our podcast is called a bit above. We just try to become a bit above from where we were the moment before, whether it's the day before earlier that morning, wherever it was in your life, you're, you're becoming a bit above, but that lemonade recipe, even once you think you've got it down, it can be altered. You can always improve on it. It will never be perfect because you can always do something different to enhance it. 
for me, that lemonade is always going to be a work in progress. But as long as you are a bit above from where you were before, you're in the best direction. Yeah. And I mean, you never know where life is even going to take you. I remember being so depressed when I was trying to get pregnant and thinking everyone around me is getting pregnant and I really want to be pregnant and have babies. And every time I would, I mean, I can't even tell you how much money we spent on pregnancy tests and it would be negative or every time my period would come. And it was like very, very hard. Adoption wasn't even on my radar. And then now I look at Stevenson and Stashira and we ultimately ended up adopting two older kids from Haiti because we saw a need for that. We were originally adopting domestic newborn. So we did a 180 there. But we also did a 180 in our parenting journey because, but I couldn't see it at the time, right? I thought, no, this is what we do. We got married. This is what we do. We have babies. And I had this whole recipe, this formula of what I thought. And then that was not happening. And it was very difficult and frustrating. And it was years, years till we got that lemonade. Like those were some lemons and I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening here. I'm not sure. But then what, from the time we started the trying to get pregnant journey, maybe in like 2009 or so, to then when we finally brought home a 10-year-old and a seven-year-old from Haiti in 2017, like that's a long time of like not knowing what the plan was, but just, you know, and having to deal with a lot of really hard moments, even the adoption process for them took five years. And there was a lot of ups and downs and a lot of lemons thrown our way. I'm just going to continue with the lemon and lemonade theme here. But there was a lot of lemons there. But then now, you know, I see the kids and just even, you know, Stashira is, is a good example right now because she's 14 and she's becoming such a mature little human and she's so smart and I'm like watching her blossom and grow and it's so cool. And so now I'm getting to like sip the lemonade a little bit and it's lemonade. I never thought I would be sipping, right? Like I wanted a baby in my belly and now that is not the desire of my heart. I have no desire to be pregnant. I'm sure I would have loved that journey, but it wasn't the story for me. That's not what the Lord had. And I, I remember praying to get pregnant, you know, and it's like the Garth Brooks song, you know, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I'm sure people reference that a lot, but it's true. It's like, yeah, you should probably put a little clip of that in here right now. Just that, just that clip, Garth, like put it in here. Some of God's greatest gifts, boom, are unanswered prayers. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. That's something you brought up in the first episode. You referenced the song. And so I love how, you know, a few years later, you're still using that as the reference. And I love it because that means it was really how you felt. Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah, I've said it before. And it's, I feel like if there are country music fans listening, or that's a song you can put on and actually listen to it and be okay with it. I remember they referenced like in the song, going back to a hometown football game or something. And I ran into my old high school flame. And I think of how devastated I was when, you know, my college boyfriend broke up with me. I thought that my world was over. And I just think it's a good example, no matter where you are in life or however old you are listening to this, it's not to minimize the pain that you're going through, but I hope that you get to experience 
getting to the other side of it and realizing like, oh, cool. That I had no idea that this was in store for me down the line. Those lemons can sit and ferment for a while and now you get to a part where you get to add the sweetener. The recipe just gets better and better as it goes on. Amy, I just want to thank you because we had some topics that we wanted to go over with you, but we know that you have a lot more topics to discuss. Every little point that you said we could have talked about for forever. So thank you for sharing with us and for coming on. We're not lost on the fact that we're lucky and appreciative that you were are taking the time to come on our podcast. So just thank you so much. I want to just say to anyone who has not heard of, you know, Amy's podcast, amazing. It's called Four Things with Amy Brown. It's amazing. Along with her podcast network, there's three, right? Correct. Three podcasts on there that is amazing. There's You Need Therapy, there's Outweigh, and there's The Truthiest Life. And those are podcasts that inspire me. It's amazing. So Amy, do you have anything you want to say about the podcast, maybe for someone who hasn't heard of it yet? Well, just to expand on Outweigh, that's something that started as a passion project on the Four Things podcast, but it became its own. And so every Saturday we put out like a 20 to 30 minute episode for anyone that is struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating. The tagline for Outweigh is a life without disordered eating outweighs everything. And I co-host it with Lisa Haim, who's a registered dietitian that specializes in anti-diet culture and um, just helping people overcome eating disorders or disordered eating. And I know it's like a lot to say both of those things, but they're they're different. Or it could be exercise addiction, um, any type of restriction, binging, different things like that. So that's something that I'm very, very passionate about. And then you need therapy. I mentioned earlier in the podcast is hosted by licensed therapist Kat Defada, and I think is a great tool and a resource if you don't have access to therapy. Now, she always likes to say this doesn't replace therapy by any means, but if you can't afford therapy or you don't have access to it, then at least you're listening to a therapist in real life conversations. And there might be an episode that really resonates with you and you're, you can be given some tools that will help or they might have some book recommendations or websites that you can go to that can be helpful. And then The Truthiest Life is Lisa's, my co-host for Outway. She has her own podcast. She likes to cover a lot of different things, but she goes really deep and getting to like the softer parts of people. Um, I feel like sometimes there's like the hard parts, but she likes to dig deep and get to the soft parts and really get to who people are. And she loves asking questions. So that's just a little bit about each podcast. And then, you know, I just want to say, I'm so thankful for everything that the B-teamers do and how y'all have rallied around the show and really shown so much support. There's so much negativity out there and y'all have been dedicated to keeping it positive and having our backs when it comes to certain things. And, you know, even with like Pimp and Joy, I think of the, sometimes there's people that send really mean emails because maybe their order hasn't arrived in time or maybe they got a shirt and it was accidentally printed crooked or there was, which that doesn't happen often, right? Like that's just a complete whoopsie. And, you know, again, it's a small business and with the Pimp and Joy campaigns that we do, sometimes we're processing like, or Mary and Ashley are in California at the Shot Forward Warehouse, like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of orders in one moment. And I think sometimes people think like maybe it's just a big operation and it's not. And of course the warehouse people are amazing and we do quality checks and we try to get it right. But like people will get an order where one thing happens to be wrong, one out of again, 
thousands or maybe five even out of a thousands, right? And then those are the people that want to post something online and be like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this. And then, you know, in our heads, we're like, oh, shoot, do we even want this person representing Pimp and Joy? Because that is not, if you just email support at the shopfloor.com, snap a picture of it, they're going to take care of you. They'll get it. They'll mail you out a new one. We'll figure it out. Like it's not, it's just crazy to me that how people can be so reactionary. Like, again, it's just, you know, reacting. And when we react too quickly, that's never good. I don't want to be a reactionary type person. And unfortunately, some listeners uh, are very reactionary. And But the B team, like y'all even have our back and you stand up for us and you help make sure people know and y'all are just intentional, right? You're not, you know, going to pile on and react to what they're saying and join in. Like if anything, y'all come to our defense and certain things on the show that get said or I'm thankful and I'm grateful. So I just wanted to say it's an honor to come on and join y'all on the podcast. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And I know you got mm-hmm. some stuff to do, so we'll let you go. But just thank you. We do our best. We try to get rid of everything that is unkind. We do our best. We don't. We do it to 99% completion. And we really hope that you guys notice that. So thank you so much, Amy. Yeah. And I'll just say too, I even forget sometimes that I have a website, but it's just radioamy.com. And that's where you can find links to the podcast. You can find links to the Bobby Bone Show. You can find links to Espoir or Pimp and Joy, like all four things items. I'm wearing our new cat mom uh, pullover because I'm a brand new cat mom because of our new kitten. And that's supporting WAGs and Walks here in Nashville, which is a great organization that helps rescue animals. And so there's a lot of different causes associated to all the different items that we have available, but just radioamy.com is an easy way to get to a lot of that stuff. And and even my Amazon favorite things. A lot of times people want to know, where did you get your puzzle board that you do your puzzles on? And I'm like, oh, Amazon. And it's linked. They're like, well, I want to make sure and order the right exact one that you have. And I'm like, well, it's on my Amazon favorites thing. So that's the easy place to find things that I truly do use all the time. And then speaking of puzzles, I'll just drop this hint. We're going to leave with a hint that Mary and I are working on a puzzle and it is going to be awesome. And I'm just going to say that. What a great way to end the <laughs> podcast. Audra and I will be discussing that a little bit more when you leave. So <laughs> sorry, I just did like a two minute promo for all the things that I have up, but it is questions that I get a lot. So I thought I'd just send people to one spot. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you girls so much. I appreciate it. And um, I look forward to the episode coming out and y'all let me know and I can post about it. Thanks. And enjoy the rest of your day too. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody. My name is Josh Nichols, and I'm a professional therapist that comes on the podcast from time to time to chat it up with Hadassah and Audra about all things mental health, relational health, and really any other therapy-related or people-related topics. But I'm also here to answer your questions, so I hope that you'll submit those to the podcast. I try real hard to put out quality content on social media, so I'd really appreciate it if you'd head on over to Facebook and Instagram and find me by searching my handle, at Mr. Nicholsworth. I look forward to connecting with you. I love that Amy had so much to say. That was amazing. How did you feel the conversation went? Fantastic. I think that the whole conversation when life gives you lemons and how to make your own type of lemonade, it's so relatable. I feel like a lot of people 
are going to be able to understand and use that to help themselves go through some of those times in their life that they struggle with. I love the whole backstory of Pimp and Joy. I mean, I think we got some more details about how that gentleman was able to pay for the tires for the other customer who, you know, was kind of put off by, oh, she needs to now buy four tires. And, you know, I didn't really know that story prior to, and I had goosebumps. So I hope everyone else has goosebumps too and finds ways to pimp joy, even if it's not monetarily, just with kind words or whatever they can use to pimp joy going forward. Exactly. There was a lot of moments where I felt like either I related to it or it just was relatable period. But I mean, the part where she was talking about how people were trying to have her share more than she was comfortable with. I see this in the group a lot, you know, questions for, I mean, honestly, all the members of the show, but with Amy, like she has been more open and she also has the right to not be open. And it really made me emotional when she was talking because like, that's, it just breaks my heart that people felt that they should say that to her because there's so many people who aren't saying that. And for a reason, it's just, nobody is entitled to know anybody's information. And we say this all the time with the group in our conversations or the things that we see in the group. And it's like, there's people who will just be supporters, be fans, and they go in blindly. They're like, I don't know, you know, Amy's mother's maiden name plus social security number plus this plus that. <laughs> and so, you know, they, they just know that there's not all the information for them. Same way, you know, I don't share all the information about me. <laughs> Why would I? Right. I've said that there were times where I was going through a hard time and, you know, was honest about that, but nobody was, nobody was privy to that information. It's not even a word. I just used that word. I've never used it before, but yeah, nobody was privy to that information. And so I hope she feels comfortable in our group where we take the time to like do the extra step of trying to avoid speculations or respecting people's privacy is so important to us when we run the page. So I hope she feels comfortable and like she has a home a little in our group. We're grateful for the things that people do share with us and we don't need to know everybody else's business to a T. And one of the examples I gave is that even my very best girlfriends, I don't need to know everything that happens with them. I'm all ears if they want to share it, but I don't need to know it all. And I'm not going to ask for it all unless I'm concerned or worried about something. And even then it is only if they want to share and you don't press anyone to be given more information than what they're willing to give. So, you know, if you get lemons. <laughs> and also, can I say, what would change? What would change if, if we knew somebody's whole story? What would change? Would we Absolutely care for nothing. them more? Uh, why don't you care for, for them more now before, you know what I mean? Like nothing changes. So whatever, we're, we're very well, lucky. Something might change if I can use your social security number. I mean, <laughs> no, okay. what kind of credit score you got going on or. <laughs> but yeah, we're very lucky that she came to talk to us. You know, we're just grateful that she made time for us. We'll say this again for everybody who just joined us. We have a podcast called A Bit Above. You're here. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Like Audra was saying earlier, our goal is to really just go a little bit above where we are. And it's not to stop there, <laughs> right? But there's so much content out there and there's so much information about how to achieve goals, how to be your quote unquote perfect self, your, you know, mental toughness, like you're like the best you can be. But 
we're not teaching you how to be a little bit above where you are. We're just living that lifestyle ourselves. So we hope that through our journeys to learn and to speak to like Josh, the therapist, Josh Nichols, like he gives us some advice and we have people on like Amy, we have Morgan Hulesman on, we had different people who really got to share a little ways that we can be a bit above where we are right now. So thank you for whoever just decided to come listen to us today. And for everybody who's been listening, we are so appreciative for that. We don't take it lightly that you want to hear us talk. So thank you so much. And we put out episodes every Thursday. This episode is out on a Monday because we do put out bonus episodes every once in a while. So um, hell yeah. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) you can just follow, you can subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now. You can find us on social media at a bit above pod or email us at a bit above pod at gmail.com. The next episode we have coming up will be this Thursday with Josh Nichols. It's an ask the therapist episode. It's amazing. It will be amazing. So just look out for that. So we'll see you then. Bye.